Hello, hello, and welcome to Teachers at a Crossroads. This is a podcast where teachers and educators inspire each other. They share stories, ideas, experiences about their lives, about moving away from that very, very stuck feeling of the crossroads. Tune in and be inspired. Welcome. My name's Kathy, and I'm your host. Hello and welcome back to another podcast. And for this podcast, I am so pleased to be able to welcome and introduce you to Pascal Lane. Her career began in London as a UK social worker. Finding herself at a crossroads, she decided she wanted to try counselling. So she works with relationship coaching. She's done coaching, counselling, combines the two and is now a therapeutic coach. Aside from her work, Pascal is a very, very happily married lady. She has two beautiful girls who are the centre of her universe. So while she's living in the UK at the moment, Pascal and her family are actually planning to move in the very near future to the wonderful coastal town in southern Andalusia of Cala de Mijas. In addition to all that, Pascal is also an author and has a really, really great book out called How to Be Happy in Life and Love. Thank you, Pascal, and a very big warm welcome to you. And I hope I haven't left anything out of that introduction. So if I have, let me know. No, that's wonderful. Thank you. Oh, that's great. Okay, good. So so then I wonder then, many of us as teachers have been at crossroads. Sometimes it's an indication that something needs to change or you something you're feeling uncomfortable about something. Sometimes it can be a really unpleasant space, especially if you're working with children that's filled with guilt about leaving kids and stuff like that, moving on to something else. And um, I'm beginning to realize the situation may in fact be very common, especially today where so many teachers are leaving the profession. So what do you think are the reasons that people, in our case, teachers stay in this negative space at the crossroads? I think obviously, I mean, there's a whole variety of reasons why people stay stuck. My background, as you know, um, uh, as, as a social worker, so not not as a teacher, but I mean, I really identify with the difficulties that that make people feel stuck because I yeah. also felt really stuck, and um, and and it is difficult because you've got to balance. You, you know, we we go into this kind of work because we love helping people. And we feel passionate and we know that we do it really well and and we get attached. Yeah, we get we get attached to we get attached to two things. We get attached to our children and our families that we are working with um, and we get attached to the safety that it provides. And I think that's a huge part of it as well. Um, And I mean, for me, certainly I went into social work when I was 22 so I, I did my entire adult professional life within social work. And so, you know, there was a real feeling of, well, if I'm not doing this, then then what, like, not just what do I do? Like, not just what am I good enough to do, but actually, who am I? Who am I if I'm not doing this? Because there's such a huge part of our identity that is involved in the work that we do. And for the most part, not 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 all of it, but for the most part, I think we get great feedback. And that great feedback feeds into our identity, feeds into our sense of self-worth and our confidence. And then so to think, well, gosh, if I'm not doing this, then not just what am I doing, but who am I if I'm not this person, this teacher? 
this this person that is with the children um you know like i said in my case a social worker with the families so it's incredibly complex and i think you know when we go into a vocation it's our life so it's not just being you know no no, no disrespect to anybody uh, that works in you know customer services or a call center or an office you can pick up and you can move those but but with a vocation it's much more who we are as people and i think that's where it gets tricky Right. And I I think I really identify with that a lot, actually, because I know after many, many years working overseas and very much in lead roles and setting things up and working with governments and, you know, really exciting positions and stuff like that. When I came back to Europe and I came back in 2018 and it's taken me till now to think, oh, right, you know, maybe this is the direction I'm going. But the whole point was it took me ages to realize that I had completely lost my identity of who the hell am I what am I you know it's not just what am I going to do so I really really so are there kind of strategies that people can use to begin to unpick that or to work through all that emotion I think you you know one thing that I feel really what what I feel quite quite strongly about what what I you know what I say to all of my clients is that you have to you have to acknowledge it Acknowledgement and understanding is the biggest first step. I mean, it's the first step, but it's the biggest step in in everything that we do. So actually beginning to actually acknowledge where our self, our sense of self starts and finishes, what and what we want to do and what, like, I, I don't believe in taking, I don't believe in always taking massive bold action i mean sometimes we need to take massive bold action and we need to just hold our nose and jump in right but sometimes it's just about thinking about what would i what 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 is going on here if i'm only in this role because it's feeding my sense of self-esteem my sense of worth that's not the right reason to be stuck it's a lovely reason to be doing what you're doing. I, I understand the feedback loop, but it's not the be all and end all. So I think the first part is acknowledging what's going on. And then the second part is actually about thinking, what what would I really like to do? What would I, if I could do anything, what would I really like to do? So when I when I kind of came to the point where I had a lot of personal stuff going on um, around about my crossroads, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I'd had my firstborn. Um, I lost my dad incredibly suddenly. Um, my world kind of felt I was doing a master's. Like my, 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 my world was kind of in a little bit of turmoil. And I thought, what would I really like to be doing if I, if I had free, free choice? Which obviously I did, but I didn't feel it because I'd been so, I'd been so um, stuck in the in the social work. I worked for local government. You know, you get great sick pay, you get great pension, you get, you get training you get you know all of the things um I realized I wanted to go into therapy I wanted to be a counselor so I trained as a counselor while I was still in my social work practice and I'm not saying that it was easy because it wasn't easy especially with with young children but I started to take those steps so that I wasn't just leaving a 20 year career behind me and just kind of, you know, sticking my fingers up to it. But I was doing it in a measured way that felt that felt good and felt right for me. And I mean, that's the thing. You have to do what feels right for you. And so acknowledgement and then looking out, you know, what 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 would you like to do? What what are the first steps that you can take 
in order to make that transition. Okay. So so I think what I'm hearing is that basically a lot of our teachers as well is once they find themselves and really realize that uh, instead of just shoving out lots and lots of job job applications and things like that to stop, first thing is to stop, stop and acknowledge. Absolutely. Because the job applications are going to go nowhere whilst you're at odds with yourself. We've got the acknowledgement to diffuse and then little actions like saying maybe baby steps. Is this like, I mean, you took what seemed to me to be a very big step. You know, you wanted to change and do something different. And there you are on the whole course. Yeah, the course was at the, the first course that I did in counselling was was a weekend course. Oh. So it, it was it was every Saturday, which right. was was big, right? Because I had children. So it wasn't it wasn't and, and they were young. Just because it's a small step, it doesn't mean that it's easy. Right. Okay. But I, but I knew that it was I knew and I and I and this is the important part and this ties into what you were saying uh, it made my heart so happy because I knew that I was doing something that I really wanted right. to do okay. so I loved it and I love learning right. um, which okay. is a which is a bonus yes. um, <laughs> so I was I was I was really excited to be doing that but I think what happens is that um, and and this um, we we have a scattergun approach when we're yes. in fear mode yes. and that scattergun approach serves nobody right. so actually I mean I'm a big fan of journaling Take and I'm a big big okay. fan of creating space you don't get your answers when you are up to your eyes in yes. chaos yes. and that chaos is external from school from your work yes. from everything that you're doing in terms of that but it's internal chaos because you've got all of the noise internally going I can't do this anymore like my work environment maybe is toxic or I'm burnt out my relationship's to suffering yeah. I'm breaking point I've just got to do something what I'll do anything what can I do and, go, and yeah. so you've got to learn to stop you've got right. to like I can feel as I'm even talking about it because I've been there myself yeah. I can feel my heart rate you know the stress yeah. of what goes on and actually you just have to find that space you know I, I'm a massive fan of like go away like right. take yourself away somewhere do just a one overnight in a hotel in a in a in a hotel by yourself and right. just or, or or you know make the space to just find the time to what is it that I really want to do because if you are struggling with a a, a, a school environment and you're just going to apply for a different school role because that mm. might be different if I go for a different age range that will be different that's not necessarily going to solve your problems exactly. actually that's likely going to bring you a whole host of other problems because you haven't actually acknowledged Yes. What what is actually important to you? Right. It might be the right solution for you, but it probably won't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think once teachers know there's that being torn, so there's then when they acknowledge. But I think it is a real fear. So it's like when you're saying about stopping uh, and maybe taking yourself out. I mean, sometimes that's not a practicality for for some some families and some teachers. So is there a point at which you would you could actually make space in a day or have a place that you go to that's quiet where you can think maybe a park? I know in England, probably with the weather, that's probably not the best of places. Not today, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. 
maybe it's just a physical place that you can go to that you can just sit and is that a bit of a discipline though isn't it to force yourself to put everything down and go and sit with a pen and paper and just dump brain dumps self-care is a massive discipline that in my experience most of us really undervalue and under underuse i don't think that's grammatically correct but we just we just don't do it properly and yet it is the most important thing uh, like if 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 your listeners are getting anything from today boxing out time uh, chunking some time for self care is essential in absolutely everything that you do because we don't get the answers when we are in chaos we only get the answers when we are still so what does what is self care i'll tell you what self care is for me self care isn't about getting my nails done and going for a massage okay that's lovely right that's lovely but that's not self care self care for me is making sure that i go to bed early and that i sleep it's about making sure that i get up early and that i've got 20 minutes or half an hour to do so i do 20 minutes of yoga every morning and i write and i have 10 minutes that i write in my journal every morning and i do that before the girls get up so i've got that time and then i walk the girls to school and then i walk back and that walking back and then walking back to school in the afternoon that that 20 minutes is my is my time right okay so that's my idea of self care right um walking i think is incredible you're in spain yeah. so i mean you know you're blessed with the weather yes. um but walking i i think is invaluable Right. to just have that time to just collect your thoughts and yes. wonder um and journaling is really important as right. well yeah journaling tell us a little bit more about journaling because it's obviously something that's very popular at the moment um but i know of some people i've i've talked to about journaling and they say oh no no i can't i can't write things about myself how do you actually how do how would you advise somebody to go about it if it was a completely new experience I I have a very relaxed approach to journaling because I think everybody approaches it differently and I think there are some real uh barriers when it comes because people are like I'm not, I don't know how to do it like how how, how do I do it yes. so I've got I've got a couple of rules that I just think are just really easy first of all pick up a pen and mm-hmm. write the date every day right that's the rule right that's my only rule really write write the date every day because what we want to do is we want to get into the habit of doing it right okay it doesn't matter then whether you write a side of a4 paper or you write 10 pages of a4 paper right, okay because every day will be different now you might want to have a prompt and sometimes i'll give my clients a couple of prompts i say oh like if we're talking about something oh, i think that's a really good thing that i would like you to be journaling on now how i just make a note of that and write about that or i just write you know about what i'm grateful for and what what i'm working on and what do i want for the day and what do i want for you know for my future and for my, for my family's future um so it, so what i would say is don't get hung up on what it needs to look like but just get into the habit of doing it every day even if it's just i've got nothing to write today i'm too busy and then you'll probably think you'll probably end up actually getting a little flow just from that 
but it's just to do it as a regular practice. That's the most important thing. And I see some people in their journals, they doodle as well. They do drawings. And I I don't know if that's another way of expressing your feelings or it doesn't have to be written. Look, whatever you want to do. If doodling is the the theme for the day, (laughs) then doodle. I doodle. I doodle a lot, actually. I don't doodle in my journal um, because I'm really big on, you know, one of the things I'll I'll touch on it really briefly. Don't don't let me get carried away on this, Kathy, because I can talk about this forever. But one of the things that I'm really, really big on is affirmations and goal setting and manifesting. So if we want to manifest something, and it doesn't have to be that you're manifesting, you know, a million pounds or your dream house, or you're manifesting, you know, um, to be happy, to have a job that gives you satisfaction, to have work-life balance, to have time with your husband or with your children or your partner, your friends, like what, whatever it is. So for me, writing those down is part of me you know, reminding myself that everything that I'm doing is working towards my bigger goal, which, as you've said already, you know, we know that I'm, I think most people know I'm I'm, I'm manifesting moving to Spain um, and creating my dream life for my family. That's what I write about every day, because that keeps me in the, when I'm waking up in dark, wet, grey mornings in London, that's what keeps me motivated to, to wear I'm to where I want to be so um whatever works for you but just do it right so I I wonder then if you can if you can think about it like this that we've got the teacher at the crossroads they need to acknowledge their fear to disarm it a little they need to start thinking about particular small baby steps that they may be able to take maybe finding a little bit of space, even if it's just five minutes to begin with. Journaling is actually a way, like you're talking about manifesting, of actually keeping something in your consciousness. I I believe in terms of the law of the universe that what you think about is more or less what you get. At some point, it will manifest into your reality. Do you have any kind of programs where people could contact you or join something that, that where maybe they can talk a bit more in depth about different strategies and techniques? Yeah, well, there's um, so in terms of my um, my one to one work, I've got a four month uh, coaching program, which uh, which I, I help my clients, right. you know, work towards their goals. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very, you know, very kind of clear. It doesn't matter what the goal is, because ultimately yes. my focus yeah. is around your self-confidence and your self-worth. So what what our goal is that we're right. working towards in a way is irrelevant because it's about what you feel you deserve and what you feel you want for yourself. Right. So whether that's relationships, whether that's work, whether that's, you know, health, what have you. I've got uh, right. a, a DIY program that, that you can do by yourself yeah it's so it's um so you get it as part right. of my one-to-one work but if you want to just do the, the course by yourself right. um obviously it's a cheaper investment so more accessible yeah. then that that is an option as well and yeah. then um i've also got my book how to be happy in life and love if for, for, for the readers the book and the diy course are you know that they, they they they're they're very okay. similar but if you're you know if you want to just know yeah. a little bit more about me and you want to, to to know a little bit more about who I am and how I work then just come along and join my Facebook group which is happy and fulfilled women uh and there we talk about all of this stuff in there regularly 
we'll put these links into our um into the podcast information and just as a final question we talk a lot about coaching what is the role of a coach and i know that's a huge question what would your role be so i combine um i combine counseling and coaching together because i i think that in my personal belief is that we we stand in our own way all the time we 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 honestly do <laughs> yes. and so in order to move on and and here's the key to have lasting results we we need to understand right. yes how we got to where we are now and where those fears and anxieties and blocks come from. But my my right. role essentially okay. is to help my clients. Look, let's be realistic. It's a four-month coaching package, okay? Your, your life isn't going to be miraculously different by the end of it. But I will give you all of the tools that you need and put you on the path that you need to be on in order to start that journey. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've got clients who have, have got promotions, who have had job changes, who have massively, massively changed right. their life. Um, and that has been as a direct result of right. the work that we have done together. Um, and, and, you know, it, I, I, I keep in touch with my clients if they want to, you know, or they keep in touch with me, I should say, because we form such a great bond. And I love hearing their updates. Yes. And I love hearing, you know, what great things have changed for them. But really, it's about me facilitating. I, I don't do the work. I'm, I'm here to support you in order for you to do the work. Um, yeah. And we do that by right. past, present, future. <laughs> the trilogy, that <laughs> everlasting trilogy of past, present and future. Brilliant. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll point people in your direction to go through to your, maybe join your Facebook page. Um, and that way they can have a little bit more in depth. I would say to people, remember the book, and I think it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon, book. yeah, and Audible. And on Audible, and I think it's a brilliant book. It really is. Thank and it's, you. It's something to really think about. You know, we, we all want to be happy, but we everything about our happiness is usually external and it's the happiness has to come from within us. So um, thank you so much for your time and thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, Cathy. It was lovely to speak to you. I hope we'll do it again soon. We definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us at Teachers at a Crossroads. If you have a story to share or ideas you want to contribute, please join us on our Facebook group. Search for us, Teachers at a Crossroads. Ciao for now.